Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Charles Franny. He was on about a year ago, if you may remember. He is the author of Slaying Dragons, What Exorcists See and What We Should Know. He also, for his day job, is a theology teacher at Christ the King Catholic High School in Huntersville, North Carolina. And father, husband, you got plenty of spare time on your plate, right, Charles? (laughs) That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to I want to say, you know, how much and we did talk about slaying dragons. I do want to ask you how that has done. It's been about a year or so, I think, since we talked. And I know it's now out in Spanish. I actually had somebody come to me the other day who said, I just bought it in Spanish for somebody who was asking me about this stuff and they loved it. So how's the book been doing? It's been uh, doing very well. Of course, it's um, self-published, so there's no there's no money invested in marketing, so it's very much podcasts, my the articles I write, uh, word of mouth. Uh, but it's it's been selling steadily. The Spanish is slowly taking off because again the the advertisement's difficult. Uh, right. But it's, it's spreading word of mouth. Um, it's also in Portuguese in Brazil. So they have um, translated it in Brazil, just for Brazil, into Portuguese. And I'm about to get my copy of that probably any day now. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, and you're working on other projects, right? Before we get into the article, uh, Big Parade, that you just wrote, um, you're working on some other books, right? That's correct. I, I have um, a study guide of a sort. I think I'm going to call it uh, Slaying Dragons Battle Plan. It's um, it's a, it's a it's like kind of like what do, what do I do next after reading Slaying Dragons, and you really want to go deeper spiritually in your own life. It's a, a guide based on lots of themes from the book um, of how to really purify your life, build up your life, address anything uh, that needs to be purged or that needs to be brought into your life, and then several other books that are like I was mentioning beforehand, kind of like spinoffs from Slaying Dragons. Certain things that I brought up in the book that really could use a lot more time and attention. And I really, I don't know how many books I have. I, I really like to write, so it's really time dependent, but I have a lot of ideas and several that are, you know, in advanced stages of writing and organizing. So, you know, God willing, those will come out, you know, before too long. So how can people follow what you're doing and find out when those books are available? Do you have a way to, for them to uh, kind of follow you? Yeah, the uh, the best way to keep up with, with that would be to go to my website, theslayingdragonsbook.com, and to subscribe there, and then you'll get a notification every time I post an article, and whenever I have a new book, I'll post it there. And then also my, my business website where I sell the book myself and some other Catholic products is theretreatbox.com. So following um, either the, either one of those, and I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, though I'm not huge on social media. Um, but those would work. Okay, great. Great. Well, you know, today we wanted to, I wanted to talk about uh, the recent article. Actually, I just found it on Twitter because you, I know you had shared it uh, called the the big parade transitioning to hell. You know, what kind of prompted this article? Um, and from what I read, not only the article, but the title just like came to you right away. Yeah, and that's uh, especially given, you know, the little bit of time I have. Uh, it's been difficult for the past, like, four or five months to write much. Uh, so if you have been following me, it's that's why there hasn't been much there. But I'm always thinking about 
uh, especially as a high school theology teacher, just thinking about the spiritual state of the culture and how to reach the kids and how to not push them away, but pull them forward and also help purify them. So I was, I was thinking about the, one of my perspectives is like, I need to come up with the right way to explain the situation to people for, for it to click. Cause for certain people, um, different, it, it'll click in their mind if you say it in a different way. So I mean, I'm always trying to explain it from different perspectives. And I was thinking about that. And all of a sudden, I think because of something must have been in the news about, um, you know, uh, all these, uh, gender mutilation things, you know, transitioning from, uh, male to female, that whole scenario that the world's suffering with. And then it just kind of, kind of, like I said, in the article just kind of popped in my mind that what, what the demons are really doing is trying to cultivate us to transition us, you know, once we die, once judgment day comes just to transition us nicely, nicely into hell. Cause we're all already playing the game right now with the abundance of mortal sins. We, we celebrate, we don't just do it. We celebrate them in the United States and throughout the world. So the transitioning to hell popped in first. And then right before I posted it, I saw something, I can't remember if it was life, life site news or someone else highlighted. And I put it in the article Let me scroll down I'm looking at it right now. It was a uh, yeah, blues clues had this pride parade clip in one of their cartoons on Nick jr. Yeah. And I saw this, saw this article and I, I clicked on the, on the video and I watched it and I'm like, what in the world? Like this in the big parade is what the drag queen in the video was singing while celebrating all these different kinds of disordered family, you know, quote unquote family units. So then very, very easily. I'm like, you know, I should, I should expand the title of this article from transitioning to hell to the big parade. And with that summons a lot of imagery, you know, we have some of the classic depictions of people walking mindlessly off the cliff into hell. Um, mm-hmm. but our, our, our world, a parade is a celebration of something and our world is celebrating disorder all over the place. So it's, it is really a big parade marching down to, you know, unfortunately, unless God stops it to damnation for quite a number of people. Well, I mean, the good news is we all can get out of that parade at any time. We're not, you know, chained or, you know, drugged where we have to do that. I really like the quote in the beginning of the article that says, when we love what God hates and hear all around us only encouragement in our sin, we should know that hell has come to us. I felt like a lot of, there were a lot of good one-liners that just kept popping in. And as I have two friends who who liked the article and reached out to me and like um, they, they criticized me for not having um, enough hope in the article. They thought I was a little dark. I'm like, well, yeah, okay. But we really need to, to wrap our minds around um, how dark the situation is for those who are not seeking, you know, to get out of it. But yeah, so, and that's the situation we love with, I think halfway down, I, I listed a lot of the mortal sins that we're dealing with, but if we love those things as a culture, and everybody's celebrating it. I mean, that's in hell. There's nothing good. It's only evil. It's only the celebration of evil. Of course, it's not a happy celebration. So, right. And if you word it like that, hell has come to us. Um, that that's just kind of should this. It's disturbing. And that was one of my points. I wanted to kind of disturb a little bit, just so we would, because we get lulled into complacency. We hear that expression all the time, but we really do with TV with social media, staring at our phones, even those who are using their phones for good reasons, just the, we're burnt out 
And then, so sometimes like we hear so many different ideas, even tons of good ideas that eventually we're just tired of hearing ideas. And someone may say something very profound that should move us to change our life. But because we're just burnt out from thinking about too, we're just overwhelmed with thoughts, then we just dismiss it or it doesn't kind of get our attention. So that's one of the things I was going for in this article is just to kind of use some zingers to wake people up. Well, you know, after reading the article, I thought, what are just some of the crazy things that are going on in this world? You know, demonic, really, not crazy. Uh, you know, I just re- you know, the Biden administration is trying to replace the word mothers with birthing people. Uh, you got Bruce Jenner running for governor of California as a woman. Right. We've just had pride flags being uh, displayed at Notre Dame, the U.S. Embassy at the Vatican. Uh, they had the avalanche mascot at the hockey game the other night waving one. Let's get rid of the police. You mentioned Blues Clues. Uh, Kellogg's has put together this cereal that's a combination of Frosted Flakes, Fruit Loops, and a bunch of other cereals to uh, embrace uh, gender ideology. And even Legos are into the act. I mean, I actually had to stop writing because there's so many crazy things going on. <laughs> yeah, I had a thought of doing a follow-up to this, and I had that same thought. Like, there's just so much. Like, you mentioned Notre Dame, and I made the comment earlier today to a friend of mine, like, like the the people who should be opposing this are celebrating it. Like, that's how bad it is. Like, that's why the big parade marching to damnation. Like, who, where are the obstacles? Like, who's trying to, we're not doing enough. So I'm working on a follow-up article about, you know, proposing a way that we could, we could block all of this. Because if we don't exert a lot more moral force and just courage and willingness to suffer like that this is my article is going to come true like something has to stop it or it won't be stopped well and in the end right it's it's about not only embracing the truth but sharing the truth who oh by the way the truth is jesus christ and so when we don't right and we go along with what's going on not only do we put our souls at stake we're ha- we're inviting more people to that parade you're talking about. Right, right. Because so yeah, that's um, like as a teacher at a Catholic high school, uh, and you as a deacon, like we have we're tapped in to the to the answer to to our Lord who is the truth and who has given us concrete ways to interact with the truth and to obtain His grace and to spread His grace and to share His grace and to understand His revelation who He is. Like, we have everything we need, uh, so we have, especially in this generation, we have an, an intense moral obligation, which we will answer for, uh, to share this, to to meet people, to think of creative ways, to, to get it into their minds in a loving way, that what they're doing is destructive to the, to the culture, to future generations, to their own souls, um, and you kind of touched on it. it was on the article right next to the picture of the blues clues is a little paragraph that um, I mentioned. So if we find ourselves becoming soft to the moral evils emerging around us, tolerant, etc., cetera, um, we should know that we too have been partly converted to the kingdom of hell. Mm-hmm. That, that was another one of the, the, you know, that's a little dark, but it's a good zinger. It's, it's, it's true. If, and that's one of the, the, you know, I don't know if we're in the end times, the literal end times, you know, right before the Antichrist or not, but most people will abandon the faith when the Antichrist comes on the scene. 
Like, that's the warning, that's the prophecy that God will come back to save his elect who are under so much pressure from the the uh, perverted culture, world culture, that they, they too are about to give up the faith. So he comes back to, to save his elect. But along the way, you know, a lot of good people, a lot of formerly good people, a lot of Catholics are going to, you know, tiptoe, eventually run into all of this perversion and find themselves, you know, under threat of damnation as well. Well, I mean, you know, a list just came out the other day, right? 67 bishops slash archbishops slash cardinals signed a letter to the USCCB asking them not to discuss Eucharistic coherence, right? Uh, You know, allowing um, the Joe Bidens of the world, the Nancy Pelosi's, I could go on and on and on, right, to support all these moral evils and allow them to receive the Eucharist, which we know will bring condemnation upon them. But 67 bishops are on board with, hey, let's not talk about this and let things go. That If that doesn't tell us that evil is permeating everywhere, then I don't know what will. Yeah, I've, it's so bad that I try not to, I try not to watch any uh, world political news nor church news. Like, I don't want to hear... Uh, we need to know, but like I'm so tired of hearing how bad it is, uh, how little the church is doing. But we need to know, like we we have to, because like you said, 67 are publicly opposing it, and then there are a lot of good bishops who just don't say anything, and maybe they're being prudent to stay off the radar because they're working on better projects. But I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the the moral evils are so, are so intense and so dramatic and drastic that. You have to talk about them. You have to pull people back because these are these are big sins. I mean, disregarding the whole theology of the Eucharist and mortal sin—that's this is a big deal. In the early church, people were—you know—Saint Paul had the strong admonition that people were dying, getting sick, and dying because they were receiving Holy Communion unworthily. And even though they're not literally dying now, the theology is that that's a, a, a sacrilege. That's, that's another mortal sin, and it's. You're going to receive the judge, not the not the savior, if you receive in a state of mortal sin and give scandal. And if bishops say, "Let's not talk about it. Let's just leave it alone," what do we believe, or what do they believe? Like, what's left? What remains? Right. And the good news is, we know what to believe. Right. We know we know the true shepherd, and you and you follow Jesus Christ. But you had a couple a couple just little mentions that I think really should wake people up. One, demons are real. And oh, by the way, one of your uh, heads of one of your paragraphs was Satan has a plan. This isn't some random uh, act. These aren't random acts that are going on. It, it, there's a plan to steal souls. And if you're not awake, yours is going to be taken. Right. And I was listening to somebody talk about um, uh, all of this stuff, the demonology, some things exorcists have said. And uh, an exorcist referred to Satan as a great puppeteer, that he's a. Uh, I think this was from an experienced exorcist who just described eventually what he, his collective understanding after seeing all this stuff for decades was it's very well organized. There's this huge manipulation happening. Satan not only has a little plan, you know, from time to time, a plan for each one of us, you know, this temptation, that temptation, but an overall plan. And this is one thing that I've begun to think about and want to do more research on, like what have exorcists picked up on? regarding this plan because satan you know has been around since adam and eve trying to destroy mankind 
and he he's picked up on a lot of things and he's there are billions billions of demons working with him and this is a very organized though you know self-destructive hierarchy um so yeah, i think there's a i think it's in the next article i was working on just trying to describe exactly how sophisticated the the demonic hierarchy is because <laughs> I, I um you know credit to father z he has that great website uh, he always compares or often compares uh, demons to the NSA. He's like, think about how how much we know the NSA can follow us, track us, observe us, video us, record us, put it all together um, to get this huge web of information. Like that's just you know computers and humans. If they can do that, think about how much the demons can do. And that organization um, should should frighten us, especially when we see how fallen and how publicly wicked a lot of people are, especially people in power. They have two powers, you know, wicked human, wicked fallen human power and ancient diabolical organized power, you know, working in cahoots. And uh, we're just kind of like the peasants being pushed around if we're not careful. Now, if we join to the kingdom of heaven, then we are a superpower that can resist, you know, unto death, can persevere to the end, save souls um, and block the uh, progression of the kingdom of Satan. But it takes a lot of perseverance and a lot of work and a lot of um, trust and humility to, to let God work through us. Well, you also remind everybody in this article, it's called The Big Parade Transitioning to Hell. I encourage people to read it, uh, that Satan's a fighter, right? He's not, he's not, oh, well, you guys are against me. I'm just going to pack up and disappear. But the reminder to each and every one of us, we are the church militants. We should be fighters in an even a greater way than Satan is because we have everything in our favor. We can't be fallen for or, or be afraid of Satan who wants to fight because he loses anyway. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, so yeah, so he's going to right. So you just said a whole bunch of things like he's a fighter, but we know that we have the Trump card. Like if we just hold fast to Christ, like uh, exorcists talk about how, they're most effective in an exorcism when they get out of the way, when they let our Lord wield his power through them, because our Lord has absolute power over all of the demons. He could just crush them with a glance, all of them, Satan included. But at the same time, he does allow Satan to fight and fight unto the end. I have it bolded in the uh, article uh, from Revelation that the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. And he's going to try to bring about as much destruction as he can. And and he does have power. We have to remember the St. Michael the Archangel prayer from Pope Leo the Thirteenth. He was uh, terrified enough by the vision that he had in the late 1800s that he wrote that prayer and commanded the whole church worldwide to say it after every single Mass um, because he saw, he saw that Satan's a fighter and Satan has a plan, and he was up to something. And I, I think we really need to study try as best we can it's very mysterious but study like what did the devil do what's the what are the effects what's the aftermath um because all of this is significant we can't just say oh that's interesting and it verifies what we believe you know like this is this is a real drama like in our daily lives and in the lives of people we love if we don't care enough for our own souls think about the damage it could be doing to our children our grandchildren in these public schools, which goes back to the list you were given earlier about how disordered yep. the world is. Yep. I mean, it is, it is for even in Catholic schools, not all of them, but a lot of Catholic schools, just, uh, in, in, in authenticity, you know, welcomes the evil culture. 
so the battle's everywhere. Oh yeah, they've they've been drinking the Kool Aid too, unfortunately. But it really is an awareness, and I think that's what I like the article when I read it and wanted to reach out to you because I think when when you just sit back and look at what's going on, it is so evident. But you know, you can get caught up in your life. You're just kind of doing your thing and you're not paying attention to what's going on uh it's easy to get sucked into that vortex but when you sit back and really look at the culture what's happening it, it does become very evident that the transition to health for a lot of people is picking up speed yeah and it brings back um one of the stories uh i think it was father vincent lampert told the story of a person he met um, that the family thought he was possessed. And in the conversation, he realized that this man was possessed, but did not want the help of an exorcist at all and said that he looks forward, the man who was possessed looks forward to, to spending eternity in hell with the demons because they had become his friends. Um, so the, the kind of brainwashing that involves. And then with the rise of witchcraft, Satanism all over the place, like, uh, yeah, the transition to hell for a lot of people is, is very far along. Well, with friends like that, you really don't need any enemies. You've pretty much gotten everything covered. So, uh, yeah, we've had uh, Father Lampert on the show as well to talk about his experiences. But, you know, Satan does have power, but they aren't infinite, right? He can't read, he can't read our minds. Uh, but, boy, he can tell facial expressions. He knows exactly what we're doing because we would be terrible at poker the way we live our lives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we don't want to show the devil our, our hands, but unfortunately we do because he's, he's watching everything. Well, and there really is a denial that evil one even exists, right? I mean, there are a lot of people that I've spoken to, I bet you have too, that think, you know, we're just fear mongers and, you know, it's, you know, this is just something to get us to do what you want us to do. But, Boy, when he can convince people that he doesn't exist, there's nothing stopping him. Yeah, exactly. Because then if, even if you have, that's why I think I felt led, you know, by divine providence to write the book that I did, because that's like the best way what exorcists can tell us, uh, the best way to shock people so that they can't deny the devil exists anymore at all. Uh, but still, like one of the things, that we're all very good at it, good at even myself, is to become so busy, so preoccupied with other things that we don't nurture our faith and we start to forget, we start to unbelieve. Like, like on a practical level, we become unbelievers about things. On a practical level, we deny that the devil's around because we're no longer fortifying ourselves against him. We're no longer factoring in his influence into things that are happening in our own soul, with temptation, or in the... Uh, in the lives of people we interact with. And then like, you know, the devil has lots of victories, even in the, even in the faithful, because we drop our guard. If we just sit back and thought, why, why do we get a guardian angel? Why do we receive the gift of the Holy spirit at baptism? Why do we have the sacraments? Why do we have the church? I mean, why do we have the saints, right? The church triumphant praying for us. It isn't, all we, we have been given those things because the Lord knows we're in for a battle. And when we ignore or take lightly the gifts that we've been given, then we're basically, you know, you ignoring our ammunition. That's right. Yeah, that that's a very good point. I think I've brought that up at times. Um, 
So yeah, why, why do we have all of this protection? Well, everything you just mentioned, the church militant, the church in heaven praying for us, all these graces, the sacramental blessings, holy water, blessed salt. You read the lives of the saints, like demons came after them, and they sprinkled holy water at them, at the demons, and it drove the demons away. Like We, we are in a battle. And I can't remember, I think it was Pope Leo Thirteenth as well, said that Christians were born for combat. And that's why we're, if you read the, study the traditional rite of baptism, like, it, it's like this kid is under the devil's dominion. We got to rescue him now and save his soul, like right now, ASAP, like right after he's born, because the devil's going to come after him for the rest of his life as well. And like, this is a war. Our whole life is warfare. But in a land of luxury, like the United States, especially, like that warfare mentality just dissolves because it doesn't seem real. Um, that's why we really need constant, lots of constant reminders. Um, that it is real. Well, we, you got people want to get rid of the police, right? They want to give everybody a hug, no crime, no penalty, let everybody do whatever they want, total anarchy. But I think, a, you know, a reminder to each and every one of us, the people that subscribe or that are in this parade are not our enemy, right? They are souls that need to be saved. The enemy is Satan, and we need to be able to differentiate and pray and try to help these people. Yes, yeah, very much so, and that's that's why we must like in the process of fortifying fortifying ourselves against the diabolical, we must nurture virtue and that and holiness, and those two are going to make us perfect uh, evangelizers to those who are trapped in this parade because they'll see in us a real a real goodness and a, an altruism essentially, and they'll then they'll listen. But if we don't have that holiness and that virtue, then we're never going to be successful in getting them to listen or helping the Holy Spirit be able to convert their souls. No, and there's an attraction, right? There are gifts of the Spirit. The first three are love, peace, and joy. If you have those, people want that. That's really, in the end, what people are looking for. And I think, to your point, when we have a relationship with Christ, when we're growing in our faith, and those things will be exuded and people will want to follow that, not the lies of the evil one. Now, we're down to about the last, you know, 30 seconds or so. Remind everybody how they can follow what you're doing, Charles, and uh, about your book, Slaying Dragons. Right, yeah, so you can follow me on theslayingdragonsbook.com or theretreatbox.com, and also my name on Twitter. And um, Slaying Dragons, is a, it's a great compilation of the, the tremendous wisdom that exorcists can give us. Uh, I think it's one of the most practical spiritual advice books. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.